So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. I had a really great relationship with the guy. And, bro, the guy, like, nobody talked to him. He dressed by himself. He didn't have any friends in that locker room, bro. He was a loner. Let's go traveling down memory lane, fellas. So the Ultimate Warrior returns to WWE in 1996. Uh, what did you think? What, what did you think of '96 Warrior? I know that uh, there was some. Uh, uh, I think Triple H. He had the Mania match against Triple H. He had some things with Lawler at the at, the, at that time. What do you think of uh, of '96 Warrior stemming from the '92 Walkout, Brian? Well, look, I, I don't have very much to say during that. I was in Germany uh, during 96, and I wasn't watching American TV. But yeah. what I, from what I understand, he was very uh, far and few between. Like, he, nobody ever saw him until it was, he was on TV. And so, I, look, I, I never met Jim but a couple of times, and it was literally just meeting him and saying hello and how are you. He's always been great to me. But I don't know a whole lot about Jim Helwig, to be quite yeah. honest with you. I, I've said this before. I knew his wife better than I knew him, and I didn't mean that in any salacious way. We worked together on the creative yeah. team. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so I, and that was after he had passed. So I, I actually knew her and his daughters better than I knew him. Yeah. How was Dana? How was working with Dana and creative? It was great. Like she looked, she realized I don't bring a whole lot to the table, but she did bring a, a crucial element to that table, which was uh, being a woman. You know what I mean? Because we had that table surrounded by a bunch of dudes who have no sensitivity at all. And, and we needed somebody to go, Hey, you can't say that. You know what I mean? Or, Hey, you can't tell her to say, it. she can't be called that. And so she, she brought that to the table. And so it was, it was uh, advantageous for us at the time. Very interesting. Then she worked with Jim uh, doing that I worked time. with him during that run, Chris. Yeah. Chris, you know, here's a funny thing, man. And, I, and and Brian can, you know, I think Brian can, you know, really speak on this too. Bro, here, here I was there when they brought him back in. And I worked with him. He did a gimmick with Goldust, and I produced all that stuff. And, bro, I had a really great relationship with the guy. And, bro, the guy, like, nobody talked to him. He dressed by himself. He didn't have any friends in that locker room, bro. He was a loner. And I, I kind of think that's why I kind of gravitated to him. But anyway, we had a good relationship. But, you know, Brian, he, he, here's what I think was the problem with Warrior. This was a guy that Vince was never going to be able to control. N- never. Yeah. You, 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 Vince was not going to be able to call Warrior into an office and say, you're going to do A, B, C, and do, yeah. and Warrior just go out and do. He wasn't that guy. Yep. His branding, bro, he, he officially changed his name to Warrior. <laughs> sure so his branding was everything to him. So Vince could not control him the way he could control 95% of the roster. It was never it was never going to work, bro, because you were just always getting this. Yeah. Vince ain't the guy that's gonna bend too easily either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, man. I mean, it's you know, it's it wasn't gonna work, man. Yeah. 
let's talk about you working with warrior real quick uh vince because i do remember and i was going to bring up the the go dust angle too what was the kind of rhyme and reason to put him behind you know feed him with go dust and it, you just kind of give us the inside you know uh mind the philosophy of uh bringing him in that that type of angle i really believe at the beginning chris it was kind of a feeling out period because bro it seemed from the get-go based on their past history there was no trust on either side (laughs) there was i I could there was none so i think it was like let's not get into any long-term booking let's let's take it one program at a time and see and it did not last long there there was no trust from the get-go bro but you know him and goldust worked well together he worked great with with uh, terry you know marlena he didn't have an Mm -hmm. issue with any of them but he was really there bro i think at that point of his career he was past the wrestling it was about the warrior and the positive message like that's what he wanted to do You know, Road Dog would do things in his match. Mick would do something completely different in his matches. I, I think it was really a way to show the creativity compared to 24-7. We roll every we schoolboy everybody for one, two, three. <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah, man. 24-7 championship is just uh a waste of a segment every single week, man. Uh, you were there on the inception of the 24-7 championship. Foley comes out, makes it a big thing, and then it just, I mean, it became, you know, our troops segment. I, and again, I always say I'm a sucker for our troops. Yeah, me too. We all are. We used yeah. to team with them, uh, uh, Brian. Yep. And, you know, I, I'm a sucker for for, for our troops, man. And it became his deal. But now it's just kind of a wasted segment every time your thoughts on a 24 7 segment and then its comparison to the hardcore championship right well look i think it's apples and oranges because yeah. look it's p it's pg I, I guess they just went to tv 14 or something yeah. I, I read uh but but it was pg so so you, okay you're not gonna hit me in the head with a chair you're not gonna you know what i mean you might put me through a table but, but we used to beat the crap out of each other in those things so it was a serious uh like serious uh, about, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? When uh, they, we used to get there early and set stuff up and walk around the arena and beat the fire at each other. And it, and it meant something I thought it did anyway. Favorite picture ever of myself is right after I beat boss man for the hardcore title with Mick Foley's help. And I had a noose around my neck and blood <laughs> coming out of my mouth and the hardcore title in my hand. And I thought, that's the coolest picture I've ever seen. Wow. And I also worked with boss man. And I, so that's a great yeah. memory, yeah. but like, I just think it, it took the route I think everybody thought it needed to because of the softening of yeah. uh, the product. You know what I mean? And so, look, maybe they'll, maybe, look, I do think there, it is a wasted segment, but I do think they come up with some funny uh, ways to do it every now and then I pop and laugh at them. You know yeah. what I mean? And if that's what it is, okay. You know what I mean? I'll take that. Just don't expect me to, like, get give any props to the champion. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Vince, uh, you, you've been a, a part of many hardcore championship segments. You had the book, man. What, what are your thoughts of the hardcore championship versus the twenty four seven championship? Well, yeah, you know, bro, that that they they to me, I I just think, man, they set up they set up that to fail from the get go with having Mick 
For example, like <laughs> right. Mick was the hardcore guy. Yeah, he was. The hardcore guy, like the minute, because that's what everybody thought he was going to take out of the bag. Then when it was 24, <laughs> like, so from the get-go, it, it started in the hole. But like what Brian said uh, was so true, bro. And it's what I love most about the hardcore matches. And listen, bro, I wasn't in them. So I wasn't the one getting the crap kicked out of me. But what I really loved about him was the creativity. Yeah. You guys laid out the match, what you used and the spots and the yeah. creativity those guys put into those matches, bro. It really, really meant something to them. And every match was different. And, yeah. you know, Road Dog would do things in his match. Mick would do something completely different in his matches. I, I think it was really a way to show the creativity Compared to 24-7, we roll every – we schoolboy everybody for one, two, three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you can only beat them with a schoolboy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, you know. And the 24-7 championship doesn't elevate anyone. When I think of the hardcore championship, I think of people who were elevated by the championship, like a, especially a Crash Holly more than anybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, he – he was the one that was the hardcore person. He came from a light heavyweight to someone who, you know, said he weighed 400 pounds and carried a scale and was feuding with the big show. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, you know, that he elevated, you know, hardcore Holly, you know what I mean? He had a whole different gimmick change. Yeah. Al Snow, you know, that was a way to bring, you know, revive his character. You know, there was a lot of people that really was helped by, you know, the hardcore championship. But with the 24-7 championship, I really don't, see anybody that's really been elevated from that Bro, it, it gave our truth some time but that's yeah. faded away though. you may be forgetting the greatest of uh all time uh screaming norman smiley bro norman smiley, come on, man. Man. Come on. yeah yeah i was back in wcw yeah, i was a huge norman smiley mark by the way oh, he's a great guy big wiggle yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was a big fan of that